The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Welcome back. Thanks again for joining us again today for another episode, and we're glad you're with us. If you're following along in Scripture, uh, we have been going through the book of Jonah. Uh, We are about to start Jonah chapter 3. We saw in the first chapter Jonah's rebellion against his command to go to Nineveh. Then he finds his repentance as he's in the belly of the whale for, for in the second chapter. And now we turn to chapter three. And like normal, we're just going to kind of walk through a couple verses and unpack them and take about 10 minutes as we walk through this and evaluate some principles. I'll give you a little bit of history if you're just kind of catching up. Jonah, is, this book is what we would call part of the minor prophets. Let me explain what we call it that. Um, some of the prophets, it's not necessarily that his message is less important or he, his story is less important. Minor prophets were just called that because there's fewer chapters. There's only four chapters. The count is a shorter count. Major prophets, like I say, a larger amount of chapters. That's really the difference. Minor and major was the size of the books is really what it comes down to. Uh, So you have a prophet, and you have a prophet who's been given instruction by God and failed to do it. So what we're really doing is we're seeing the message, but we're just following Jonah on his journey with God and learning some principles from this that will apply to us today. So let's jump into chapter 3. In verse 1, the Bible says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it the message that I tell you. So let's just, I'm gonna, there's three thoughts I'm going to pull from these first uh, four verses in chapter 3. The first thing we're going to see is this second chance that God gave to Jonah. So Jonah was given a, a command at the beginning. He's a prophet, something you should have done. But for whatever reason, his absolute hatred for the city of Nineveh drove him away. Jonah, or Jonah would have known. He would have seen and experienced this, that while he was a prophet, in many occasions, the prophets were used expressly to preach condemnation. In that message of condemnation, if the people would repent, they would receive mercy. Jonah, being fully aware of that attribute of God, uh, decided he didn't want to go to Nineveh. For whatever reason, he wanted Nineveh destroyed. And there's a, you know, you, there's some historical things you can look at a lot of that. We just know that Jonah did not really want this to happen. So we see what happened in the last few chapters. So now what happens is the fish spits Jonah right back up on the shore. Now, depending... I've read uh, different theologians from commentaries. Uh, there's a lot of some who believe that Jonah was given some time uh, to clean off, maybe go back to Jerusalem and give uh, a vow uh, or an offering or things of that nature. Others believe that he was right there on the shore and all the mess of the fish and was told to go then. I tend to go with that. He was spit up by the fish. The moment he's sitting there, God comes down and gives him a chance. But we catch this. He was not brought up by the fish right outside of Nineveh. Uh, He was brought back kind of the place of his rebellion. He went down to the place to get the boat, and God put him right back there. What are you going to do? What we see, Jonah's second chance. God did not force him to do this. Obedience to God is and will always be a choice. Now, you would say maybe not because God's chasing him down. Please understand, obedience to God is the greatest place you'll be. It's the place of most fulfillment, place of most blessing that you can find yourself. As Christians, we understand this. If you're not saved, sometimes you're not a believer. Sometimes you come back and say, I don't fully understand it. It doesn't make sense. I should be able to do what I want. Until you fully understand a relationship with Jesus, you don't understand the freedom 
that comes. You don't understand the encouragement, the peace that comes, the hope that comes to that relationship with Jesus, and that's what we're referring to. So he was given a second chance. Can I tell you, one of the great principles we can pull from these first four verses of Jonah 3 is that our God is always a God of second chances. Frankly, I could say second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth chances. God is desiring, no matter where we find ourselves, to give us another chance. I don't mean willing. I don't mean, okay, if you really come back and you pray right, I'll do it. That's not God. I'm talking God is desiring. As a matter of fact, like in Jonah's situation, God is often actively working in your circumstances, in your surroundings, in your life, to lovingly and sometimes firmly to get you back to that place where you can, that give you that second chance. He's guiding you. Part of it is he's trying to protect. When we run from God, we run the opposite way, and that's always a life of pain. It's always a life of hurt. It is where Satan has deceived us and can and really hurt us. And so when he's doing these circumstances, he's trying to protect us to get it back to a place of peace and blessing and fulfillment and, and not run down a place of hurt and pain. And so we see that the first thing we see here is this God of second chances with this desire um, to be able uh, to give Jonah that one more chance, and that's something, a principle we can pull from. Uh, he gives the same command. This was not brand new. He doesn't change it up. He says, go to Nineveh, preach this message. And so we go to verse uh, 3. So Jonah arose. We immediately see his obedience there. And he went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three-day journey in extent. And Jonah began to enter the city the first day walk. A first day's walk. Then he cried and said, and said, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So we see the second chance that we see Jonah's choice. So Jonah having the information. He, and by the way, you say, Well, it makes no sense. Obviously, he's on the shore. He just came out of a fish. What other choice did he have? Remember chapter one? He went down in the middle of the storm. He's sleeping in the back of the boat. All right, catch this. He went down to a fish. He was there for three days before repenting. Jonah had proven that you can be so desirous to have your will that you will put yourself in the worst of conditions to do this. And so Jonah's there, and he, and he has made this choice to repent at the end of those three days. Now he's made a choice to go to Nineveh and to preach. We'll see later it still wasn't what he wanted to do. Can I tell you something intriguing about obedience a lot of times we think in obedience we have to want to do it or it must be exciting to us. Can I tell you that sometimes obedience, and yes, obedience to God, we're asked to do things that are outside our comfort zone, which by nature means we're asked to do things that aren't necessarily things we may want to do. Uh, you've been asked to witness to a friend or a neighbor by God, you know, I'm just uncomfortable, I don't like to do it, yet it's something that God has equipped you to do. Uh, he's asked you to serve certain places. There's all kinds of things that God might do that will bring you great fulfillment in life and joy, but in the process, because it's a, it's God stretching you out of your comfort zone, you may not want to do it. And so that's simply obedience. It's just that simple obedience. And we'll learn later, Jonah did not really want Nineveh, because we'll find out later that when Nineveh repented, that angered Jonah. Jonah was just in obedience. Can I tell you what's intriguing to me? Even times when it's not always in, in our heart, we really don't want to do it. When we're willing to live in obedience, God still blesses his command. God still blesses obedience. So sometimes you say, it's hard. I don't want to do it. Just live in obedience. Live in obedience even though part of you doesn't want to do it and wait and see how God can do something special in that situation. So we see his decision. Then, we, of course, we go to the end, and he begins uh, one day in. It is. Now, uh, the size of the city, three-day walk, if you were to walk from one side one edge to the other. It took you three days straight walking to go across the city. Um, and so 
It was a good-sized city, obviously a city that had been in sin, and before God brought punishment, he wanted to offer repentance, which is what God always does. He is a holy God. He is a just God. Sin must be dealt with. But until before he does that, he always offers some level of repentance, some level of a chance for people to come and get right. And so Jonah comes in, he just gives the message. Can I tell you something intriguing about this message? One of the things that if you study the major and minor prophets is you're going to find that a lot of times what they do is it's just a strong message. It's just a message of condemnation. Uh, here's the thing, especially when you study Israel. Israel had been given very clear instructions. If you follow me and worship me, you will enjoy blessing. If you follow other gods, there will be judgment. It was something they were they always knew, and they should have taught. Many times it was you know a generation or two you know, they enjoy blessing and a couple generations later they sin. So they, they didn't get the message across or the generation didn't follow it. But that was always the opportunity that God did. There was always truth. And so when condemnation came or the, the message of condemnation came, it was a message they should expect because they knew this. This wasn't new to them. But they also knew in that message of condemnation, you can repent and come back. It's all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, the truth that repentance would solve this. And so when he went in, we'll look later, he goes in and Nineveh reacts. Nineveh reacts as they knew they should have. His wasn't, you know, how to repent. It was repent or it was deal with this now, right? Um, and so he, he wasn't even a matter of telling them how to do it. He just said, repent, deal with this. 40 days and Nineveh is going to be overthrown. That's what we have to evaluate. Just a simple message of condemnation. May we be honest today that while we don't need to be cruel in how we approach the truth, the truth is something we still need to be unashamed about. There is a heaven. There is a hell. There is only one way to heaven through Jesus Christ. People say it's intolerant, but it's the truth. You can be as tolerant as you want and condemn people to a place called hell. It is the truth that we hold to. It's not our opinion. It's not just our denomination of view. It is the truth because that's what God said in Scripture. And anybody who disagrees with that is wrong. There is only one way to heaven. It is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And that is, we should never be ashamed of that. It should be a loving message, but a truthful, firm message because it's what God has told us. Well, thanks again for joining us as we evaluate these verses. Stick with us again as we pick up next time and evaluate the second half of chapter three and continue to pull principles for our lives. Thanks again for joining us. We look forward to seeing you again next time.